How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Apples and Geno's Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name's Josh Hutchinson. I've got John Binkle with me as usual here today. How you doing, bud? Good morning, brother. I'm good. Sipping yeah. coffee? Sipping coffee, yeah. It's morning today. We're, we decided to do this early. Um, we're, we're, we're doing a makeup episode um, to finish off our divisional previews. Uh, we, we weren't able to record last week, so we're going to combine the Atlantic and Metro today. Um, and then uh, right after, we're going to record our first midweek episode. So uh, we're very excited about that. We're, we're just going to be, be chatting all day long. Hopefully we don't lose our voices, or at least all morning long. So uh, hopefully we can we can bring the energy. <laughs> yeah, I so, apologize about the delay. My uh, my wife and I had our first anniversary last week, and uh, as much as she wanted to be like, yeah, absolutely, record your podcast, she was also like, it'd be great if you didn't. So it's okay, bud. It's okay. Uh, I I I I would would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, so thanks again for leaving us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you haven't and you're enjoying our content please just take a second and leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Also check out the Apples and Geno's Discord server. It's a great place to talk fantasy hockey, get your questions answered, and also receive alerts when new Apples and Geno's content drops. So let's go. We're, we are going to start here with the Atlantic Division. Again, our format that we've been using for these divisional previews, we've been talking about a must-draft player, uh, a player that we've been punting, and a, a potential sleeper for each team. So we're going to start in alph- alphabetical order with the Atlantic Division. We're going to start with the Boston Bruins. So the Bruins, I think, uh, are an interesting team. Uh, they have a lot of injuries early in the year. Um, and a lot of people are are, are down on them. And I, I, just, I just can never not... I can never rule the Boston Bruins out. I'm too hurt by the Boston <laughs> Bruins. Um, but to be, <laughs> for me, uh, for me, there mu- the must draft there is David Pasternak. He's being completely, he was completely disrespected in ADPs this year. Um, 24.9 in Yahoo, which is almost out- outside of the second round in 12 team leagues. And then, uh, 15.81 in Fantrax, which to me is is still a little bit low. Um, he's a late first rounder at worst for me. He gets ton of shot volume. He's one of the best in the league in terms of shots. Um, he's going to be right near the top of the league in goals as well. Um, his, I mean, his he'll be a point per game, if not better. He had a down year last year. He had a tough, uh, a lot of personal stuff going on. I believe they lost a baby before the season started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I mean, I just think, and, and and ultimately he he just had a ton of bad luck. He was generating chances even when he wasn't scoring. He was still still generating the same amount that he typically does. Just wasn't going in for him. So. Uh, he'll be playing with Krejci, uh, which is which is nice early in the season. I think Krejci and Krejci's looked pretty good in the preseason, and hopefully with Taylor Hall. But right now it's Pavel Zaka. Zaka's also looked quite good. So um, Taylor Hall's hurt. I think he'll he'll play on that left wing when when he's back. Not how sure long how he's long supposed he'll to be, be out. out. I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest, um, but hopefully not not too long. I didn't hear anything about like a, a specific timeline. So I th- I believe some. I think week to week rings a bell. So yeah. hopefully that's not a bad. And I don't remember seeing anything concrete, but um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be nice when he comes back for them. Absolutely. 
Um, so Pasternak is going to be leaned on for offense, especially early. They're going to play the shit out of him. He's going to still play that same spot on the power play. Um, and I just think I just think he's going to have a great year. What do you think, bud? There's a ton of, of value in that late second round. There's a lot of like really excellent players who just kind of got bumped a little bit. Uh, between him and, and JT Miller, they're right there at the top of the list for me. So um, both of those players kind of disrespected ADP wise and the production you're going to get out of them is, is phenomenal. I have found myself drafting Miller um, just based on how my rosters shake out. I've, I've tend to gone uh, right wing and defense in the, in the first round. So it has led me to go more center in those second and third sure. rounds. Um, but pasta is huge. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, like that is, that is serious late first round talent that you're getting for, for late second, early third round levels. So. Uh, my punt, I don't know if this is really a punt so much as it is. Um, I felt like people were drafting him higher than I would draft him. Uh, and I'm probably completely wrong on this, to be honest. But I think so. For, for me, it was, yeah, I, 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 I'm honestly not incredibly confident with this this choice. But I had to pick somebody. Uh, my pick was Charlie McAvoy in a points league. McAvoy is a, is a banger's monster. Um, does play on the power play. Um, but he's set to miss significant time. He's going to miss a couple months. And in my opinion, doesn't move the needle enough offensively to stash him, at least as early as he was going in, in some drafts. I felt like it was like seventh, eighth round. And I felt like there were healthy defensemen that could probably get you as much value for more time, like for, for guaranteed. Well, I don't know. Guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Like anyone can get injured, but more guaranteed um, than, than not being more guaranteed than not being on your roster for two months, essentially. So I, I felt, um, uh, I, I felt like he was, he was just being drafted a little higher than, than my liking, at least in the leagues that I was in. So emotionally, I disagree with you. I'm still, I'm still finding myself drafting him to my IR two slot. Um, But like factually, you're absolutely right. There, there are better plays out there where you're having to draft him because you're going to have that. Even if their production, like pace wise, uh, shakes out in in um, Charlie's favor, it's just better. Like you have to roster players that are going to play. So yeah, you have um, to make the playoffs, right? Right. Um. So my sleeper uh, is Jake DeBrusque. So he seems to have a spot in the top six right now with John Montgomery. And, and until March hand comes back, uh, he's going to have a spot on PP one. So uh, I think he seems happy now that Bruce Cassidy has gone. I feel like he may flourish and have a breakout here, um, especially just getting that opportunity in the top six. I mean, hopefully he, he keeps that opportunity in the top six when, when Hall and, um, and March hand come back, but I could see, um, He's he's definitely a right wing option as well. He's dual eligible, I think, in in most leagues. I don't know how much he's played right wing, but I I, I could see him sticking in this top six here. I absolutely could see that too. Him and Krejci are both big upside plays for very little, if any, draft capital. Um, probably really often a waiver wire ad. Like mm-hmm. both of those guys have been um, like steady waiver wire ads for me as I. Uh, have drafted players specifically that were hurt or drafted players that got hurt um, and had to replace them on the roster. Those, those both are, are players that I'm looking at really, really heavily. Um, I like the opportunity a little bit better for Krejci um, sure. while, while Marshan is gone, but um, both of them could really, really serve you well this season. 
So let's move on to the Buffalo Sabres. So, so my my must draft is Tage Thompson. He was getting drafted in the nineties to hundreds uh, in ADPs, and in, at least in the leagues that I was that I was in. Um, Tage Thompson is is top line center, PP one. He's gonna be in in Fantrax. I believe he's dual eligible with right wing, but not yeah. in not in Yahoo. I think he's yeah. just a center. So a little more value in Fantrax than in Yahoo. Um, but Tage Thompson is awesome. Uh, super high volume shooter um, really broke out last year. And, and in my opinion, um, there's no reason to, to believe that he couldn't do it again this year. Um, obviously shot at a bit of a high percentage, but I, I, I still think that he's going to get that opportunity and man, he looks so good in the preseason. It looked like he was picking up right where he left off. So um, not that the preseason really means much, but I, I, I like Tage Thompson a lot. So Turn the Tage is my absolute favorite team name pun <laughs> out there. Um, and I think it really fits. Like he he is the the new chapter for them. There's a lot to be excited about in Buffalo, and he's leading that charge. I feel like he kind of took the place of Zegris in all of these um, draft spots where Zegris got hurt and got bumped down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the value, like, I think it's right there. I think the value is right there for the exact same yep. reasons. He's going to be in every play for a team that needs somebody to make plays. It's a great pick. Yeah, I think Zeris gets you more points, but but uh, Tage Thompson overall will probably score more goals, uh, get you more shots on goal, and uh, he hits a little bit too, which Zegers doesn't do. So a um, little bit, in my opinion, they're, they're comparable value. Um my punt for the Sabres is uh, Eric Comrie. So uh, I don't, I'm not super confident about this again. Uh, I had to pick somebody. I've, I was seeing him being drafted in late rounds. Um, I think there are probably better options to take a shot on at this point in the season. Um, there's guys like, like sub sub 50%, like VTech Vanacek, who I think is, is the clear cut one a right now in New Jersey. Uh, Philip Grubauer, who's pretty low, uh, like not rostered very highly. Um, guys like that that are just going to be guaranteed to play um, and even in somewhat better situations than Buffalo. Buffalo is going to take a step, I think, um, but I really don't know what their goal set, goaltending situation is going to shape up like. Eric Comrie is a guy that has performed really well in a very small sample size, um, but he hasn't really gotten volume. I, I imagine that they're probably hoping that he's the one A, but I just don't know. So I, I think that's too much of a wild card for me to 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 have been drafting. But I would definitely put him on your watch list for sure. I think uh, the the indicators for their goalie tandem are going in opposite directions, right? UPL has had some some really awful stat lines in limited work, and Comrie has looked wonderful in limited work. And the fact that the team doesn't really know tells me that we don't really know either. Um, If you're in uh, a dynasty format, I think uh, Comrie is somebody you should go and shop for before anything good happens. But in a redraft league, I'm punting every Buffalo goalie and I'm punting them into the sun. Like I don't even, I don't even care until I absolutely am being told by two zero G monsters uh, at apples and Geno's like who I should care about. (laughs) Uh, So my sleeper, is i mean there's a number of sleeper options on the sabers uh they've got a lot of young talent that's that's going to play this year um but owen power 
uh, was drafted in the 170s in fan tracks, um, especially in a bangers cats league. I think he's going to, he's going to bring you some peripherals. Um, reminds me a ton of Victor Hedman with his size and skill. I think he's the real deal. Um, all of the prospect uh, analysts, uh, all of the scouts are saying he's, he's just unbelievable. I don't think he's going to get PP one, but I think he's a, he's worth taking a shot at, at like for your fourth and fifth defenseman. I also think there is potential early in the year if he's not like playing exceptionally well that he may fall onto your waiver wire just because he was a bit of a late round draft pick. So a guy that I would look out for because I think he's going to get better as the year goes and as he as he feels more comfortable and gets more experience. But I also think they're going to play him a ton because um, yeah. that Buffalo defense sucks. Yes, and, it does. Uh, uh, outside of him and Rasmus Dahlin, there's not really much there. So um, I I am interested in Owen Power. I am also very interested in Owen Power. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think the the trajectory of of young defensemen in that um, 300 game threshold is going to come earlier for him because mm-hmm. they are just going to ride him out. Right? They're just yep. going to keep throwing him out there because he's he's not going down, and he's definitely the future of their defense. So you know they need a second pairing like as bad as any team in the league if they're going to be successful. But, you know, I'm personally cuddled up to Jack Quinn. Yep. Power is a step further in the development level, uh, but the raw ability of Quinn offensively keeps me coming back. And the fact that I have seen him across the preseason being on the first line is yep. just – it's sexy. It makes me feel good. Um, he's a, a huge dark horse for, for Calder when it, for me. Yeah, they're definitely shuffling the right wings around on that on that team. I, I've seen Tuck and Jack Quinn and uh, Victor Olofsson kind of moving all over the place. So, so we'll see what they do there on line one. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings. So the Detroit Red Wings are a much improved team. Um, my must draft and a guy that I drafted, I think in three different leagues is Mo Sider. Um, I think he had a fantastic league or fantastic season last year, um, uh, was a top five fantasy defenseman in his rookie season, gets peripherals, hits, blocks, uh, plays on power play one. Uh, their power play one's improved this year, in my opinion, uh, adding David Perron. So I am very excited. Uh, about Mo Sider, and I'm hoping that he takes another step this year. Absolutely. I'm huge on Sider. I was before. Um, you know, a, a year under his belt is only going to make him a smarter player in the NHL, and he was already really smart with the puck to begin with. Um, I want to say Larkin as as my must draft, uh, just based on what you have and will have to to spend in, in a draft to get Sider. It seems like he's going in the third round when I want him to be a fourth round pick. Like every time he's lined up in my queue, he goes five picks before me. So I want to say Larkin, uh, but the true, the depth at true center is really baffling, especially at that level. So, you know, Vorp wins. Um, you want Cider more, but I think your, your draft probably feels a little bit better if you, if you got Larkin in the 11th round as opposed to Cider in the third. Yeah. Larkin in the 11th round would be unreal. Um, my punt here, oh man, this is, I don't, I'm not sure about this punt. I may, I, I wrote this a little bit ago. So, okay. My punt is Bertuzzi if he gets bumped off of PP1 for Verona. But if not, I think, I think, uh, I still like Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, but 
Jacob Verona, I think is a, is a really good, really good pick. I'll talk about him cause he's my sleeper, but um, yeah, if Bertuzzi gets bumped off PP one, I'm not as stoked about him uh, getting drafted in, in, in the, the mid rounds. I don't think I have any, I don't think I have Bertuzzi in any leagues, but I do. Yeah. All okay. off season, I bang the drum for Verona. Uh, and then only to end up drafting Bertuzzi a lot <laughs> across leagues. So the dual eligibility swayed me a bit. Yeah. Um, I think the opportunity is there for both of them. The ceiling that we see for Rana, if he's healthy and in a great situation, is is probably a little bit higher. But um, I am kind of uh, – it moves the needle for me that Bertuzzi is guaranteed going to play all of the games for them this year. Yeah, that um, makes a huge difference. And, and not miss any, like, eligibility problems. Yeah. And, you know, historically he's a little bit healthier. So it's – Yep. There, there's not a punt for me for for them. I think you're right. There's not really a punt, but there, yeah. there's uh, what is Nathan saying? There's a lot of contingent upside across the second level for them. Yeah, absolutely. There's they, they're just a more. They just have a lot more depth this year, and uh, I, I'm not really upset with where anyone was drafted. I don't think. In fact, a lot of times, guys like Lucas Raymond, I think, was being underdrafted. Um, I, I just, I, I think there's still a bit of disrespect for the Red Wings. Uh, my sleeper, like I said, is Jacob Verana. He was drafted at like 175 in fan tracks, so pretty low. Um, he's got improved personnel around him. He's got like an actual second line to play on if that's where they decide to put him. It seems like they they probably are going to put him there. Um, he's only ever had more than 15 minutes time on ice once in his career, and that was in an 11-game stint in 2021 with Detroit. Um, injuries are a risk. Like we said, um, but late in the draft or on the waiver wire, um, the upside is massive. So if he's out there, um, he's a, he's he had a sixty point pace last year in a small sample size, um, but I think that's that's not unrealistic for Jacob Verona, especially if he plays on PP one. Yeah, Verona is I I think probably the most prime sleeper in the NHL. Uh, Detroit is one big sleeper as a team, really. Uh, so if LA is a wagon. Detroit is a chariot, man. Like, I'm I'm really <laughs> that, excited. That's a play. That's a play on words, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I feel like that. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith. <laughs> that translates. That translates better when you can see it. But uh, that's a that's a charot pun. <laughs> you like that? I like that. I'm like clever that in the morning. You didn't know that about me. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good, but uh, the Florida Panthers. So, uh, I mean, they have a lot of must drafts um, and a lot of guys that I think were slipping a little bit lower than they probably deserve to. Um, so obviously this team overall, I think they lost some depth both up front and on D. Um, but I still think they're going to be a good team. Obviously, they were the President's Trophy winners last year. They still have Alex Barkov, who, I mean, that's he's one of my must drafts. Um Matt Kachuk as well. Uh, Matt Kachuk's a guy I actually, in a Bangers Cats League, I got him with the 24th pick uh, at the end of the second round. And that was, that. I felt like that was too low for Matt Kachuk. It was good value for me. Um, Sasha Barkov is a guy that's been falling, I think primarily because he's a center. So he was going mid-second round in a lot of drafts. I think he probably could have gone a little higher than that. Uh, and then Sam Reinhardt's a guy that, I mean, could potentially play first or second line and PP1 on this 
team that's very good offensively. Uh, and he was going in like the fifth, sixth round. In mm-hmm. some leagues, he's got dual eligibility. He's like center right wing in Yahoo, just a right wing in her. I can't, I can't remember which is which, but uh, he is dual eligible in either Yahoo or Fantrax. I can't remember, but uh, man, that's that's some great value. So uh, I uh, those are probably my three must drafts. Yeah, I'm happiest with Matt Kachuk, but I was won over by him years ago, you know, before um, the the point season last year. One of the biggest storylines of the year will, will be how Matty fares in Florida. Um, you have to see a drop-off coming for him with the the change in the team and and um, and that, like, natural penchants for the stats to dip in a new town. Um, but if not, watch out, because that's, that's – um, an elite level player. Clearly we've seen it where he hit a whole second gear last year. Um, I agree. I think Florida is going to be a worse off team. So it's, it's a little bit harder for me to, to make that assumption about his season, but of those three players, he is my must draft. Uh, and Reinhardt is dual eligible in Yahoo. So significantly okay. more valuable there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my punt. So this isn't so much a punt. Cause I, I feel like, he's going to get more starts this year based on the way Paul Maurice was talking, but Spencer Knight in Yahoo, his ADP was 74.5 and he was a 13th highest drafted goalie in Yahoo. And in a lot of leagues was drafted higher than Bobrovsky. So I don't know. And this was before Paul Maurice came out and talked about this. Not really sure why this was the case, um, but that's way too high for Spencer Knight, especially when, I mean, I mean, he got the contract. It was a bit of a strange contract i i don't i don't think they really needed to pay him that much and oh, now they got a lot all. of they've got about 15 million dollars locked up in goaltenders for the next four years so uh i mean i mean they gotta play him a bit i i would think but i i just don't know uh i just don't know why he's being draft he was being drafted that high so um in that way i still think knight is gonna have some value um i just think he's like rostered way too high right now yeah as a potential like 1b but like i mean Bobrovsky was a volume starter last year so i don't see why they would make a huge and i mean he there's no reason other than spencer knight is good and young and he, he needs to get experience uh to to be decreasing Bobrovsky 10 million dollars sergey Bobrovsky's playing time um i don't know what what do you think about that yeah, I don't get the willingness to take Knight over Bob, uh, especially with like no discussion uh, across the board about it. It would seem like people were just kind of just kind of picking one of the two of them and choosing to draft them in that slot. Um, I don't see this tandem as one of those draft the team, not the goalie volume situations, i.e. Toronto, Colorado, yeah. Ottawa, uh, et cetera. Um, I think we're both predicting a drop off for Florida this year. Defensively, they're going to be uh, quite a bit worse, and they weren't they weren't excellent last year. I mean, they got they got bombed on quite a bit. Um, of those two, I absolutely would be picking Borbovsky, but uh, I actually haven't. Like, it's it's not a situation that I want the headache of. It's not Buffalo where it's just going to be terrible no matter what happens, and you're just kind of hoping hoping you pick the right choice. Um, I think either one of them are going to be okay and you're going to have to spend to find out if you were wrong and I don't want to do either of it. I, I feel like they're going to trade 
one of the two of them at some point for some depth, right? Like for considering what they lost in the off season, I feel like they, they like, they have to go and spend one of these goalies, but I don't know how you trade those contracts. I don't know how you trade them either. I mean, you don't want to trade Spencer Knight because he is young and you've, you've invested so much in him. Um, but he is the more tradable contract because Bogrovsky, you're paying him 10 or $10.5 million. Um, and that's like, that's just not a tradable contract. People are not paying goalies like that now. And he's definitely not, I mean, he's a, he's a great goaltender and he's won multiple Vesna trophies, but he doesn't have the consistency of like a Andre Vasilevsky or a Igor Shesterkin, right? So um, he's not at that level. But I guess part of my angst with Spencer Knight is uh, I do have shares in Bobrovsky in a couple leagues. Uh, that's a, <laughs> but now you're hoping. the highest quality goaltender that I drafted in my league. So um, and that I I did that before Paul Maurice came out and said Knight was going to play more. So hey, great uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that Bob uh, Bob still plays a fair bit. I think you're probably right. I think that's probably the safe bet. I don't know why they wouldn't season, continue to season Knight. Yeah. Uh, sleep, my sleeper, uh, is Anton Lundell. So, um, at times in the, or at least for one practice <laughs> during the preseason, he took reps on the wing with Barkov and Verhege. Um, I don't think that he's going to play there a ton, but it shows that they're willing to try. And that to me is all I need. Um, so his ADP was 214.88 in fan tracks. So low, especially after the season he had last year, just playing on the third line. Uh, Anton Lundell is going to be awesome. Uh, and I could see him moving up the lineup a bit and even just taking a, taking a step, just being one year older. I believe he's 21 this year. So, um, I, I really like Anton Lundell and I, I mean, he's pretty available too. Like he's a guy that you could probably get on the waiver wire. So um, be looking out, especially I think next week, not this week, but the next week, Florida has a pretty nice schedule. So um, take a look at Anton Lundell. Yeah. Lundell is quickly going from sleeper prospect to, to a certified keeper. Um, probably the last year you got him after, after pick 125. It remains to be seen how exactly he's going to get used for them, but when he does get that usage, um, you know, the, the underlying stats tell you things are going to go well. So definitely a player to watch. So the Montreal Canadiens. So this is a little less, uh, there's a little less depth on this team. We'll put it that way. So for me, <laughs> the only two draftable players uh, were Suzuki and Caulfield. So I, um, I, picked Suzuki in the couple um, and in that situation I was fading centers picked a lot of wingers in D early so uh, I got him around 120 which I think is really great for Suzuki and I think he'll probably uh, out like outplay his his draft capital there Cole Caulfield's another guy being drafted around 100 he's he's a guy I have in in a, in a league too um, I think he's gonna be awesome this year high shot volume he's probably gonna score a lot of goals um, outside of that, Montreal doesn't really have much, uh, and I don't think they're really going to do much. So, um, Suzuki and Caulfield really like that. Suzuki also was day to day, uh, this past week, which, uh, gave me a free streamer spot to, to pick up. I believe I streamed Oscar Lindblom and Ely Tolvanen. Uh, and Tolvanen actually worked out really well. I, I'm right now, I'm doing, I'm doing quite well in Kakupfall. Uh, yeah, he's no Luke Kunin, but. 
Uh, yeah, no Lacunin and no Kevin LeBanc, which we'll talk about later. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, uh, it was it was uh, it freed up a spot for me there. Yeah, I just can't get excited about Marty Saints squad, man. I just can't do it. Suzuki is a pass for me, considering the depth at C. Like you're telling me you faded C, and I'm like, you faded it hard if you're drafting <laughs> Suzuki. Uh, and Gold Caulfield doesn't move the needle enough for me yet. Like there's so many other um, wings that I'm excited about that I'm I'm drafting. I think it's probably just personal bias against the Habs, but hit a sexy pace last year. But but I'll wait. My um, punt. I I mean. You could punt basically everyone else on the team. Like I don't, I, I don't think that anyone is really being overdrafted <laughs> on the team. Like Suzuki and Caulfield are really the only guys that people were looking at. Uh, I can't actually think of another player. I took Mike Matheson. I think with the last pick of my draft in a draft that I finished in early September because I was thinking he was going to get PP one. Um, right now he's not getting PP one, and I actually have him as my sleeper. We can just talk about punts and sleepers because I don't really have anyone to talk about for punts. I said Kirby Doc, but he wasn't really being drafted. So, uh, I mean, I would, yeah, I Matheson, would call Jake Allen probably my my oh sure on this team your like, punt your yeah. punt or your sleeper oh no my punt yeah like like starting volume is great right. But starting volume on a bad team, it had better match up to the settings of your league or you're going to get yeah. eaten alive. Yep. And there, there isn't a situation that I see happening for them this season where you are getting anything from Jake Allen except for saves volume and starts. Like, yeah. it's, it's going to be a bloodbath for them. So, No, that's fair. I, I still think there is some value in terms of volume. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're willing to punt some save percentage, uh, and wins, I guess. Um, but yeah, in, in, in leagues where they were, your, uh, where volume is favored, uh, and the penalty for goals against is not too huge. I mean, I still don't think he's a bad bet. Oh, I do. Um, cause he's going to get volume. <laughs> he is. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, to, he is, but he also, also has a tendency to go down when he's relied on. So. Yeah, that's true. We'll that's very true. Uh, let's move on to the Ottawa Senators. I, I don't want to talk about the Habs anymore. Uh, that feels good. <laughs> uh, I mean, their must-draft was Brady Kachuk. Uh, is still a guy that I think was a little underdrafted, but obviously, um, I mean, he is the ultimate peripherals monster. He's a unicorn, um, probably a 70-point guy, um, potentially more. He's shot at a very low shooting percentage for his whole career. Um, I don't know if that improves with better personnel around him, better power play um, personnel. Um, but I think uh, Brady Kachuk is the obvious must draft in this draft. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about him and, and his ceiling um, point production wise, maybe not being really any higher than it is him just kind of being the player that he is offensively uh, and about how we don't, you know, it's, it's going to level out whether it's a wash, whether he takes a step forward with the new talent or kind of takes a backseat to the new talent, um, you know, but rising tide uh, lifts all boats. So it's, it's going to be good no matter what it is. My punt is, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a complete punt. Again, I just felt like the ADP was insane for Claude Giroux um, in Yahoo. He was being drafted at 55.5, which is just, just crazy. Um, for someone playing on line two with new line mates and that likely won't be playing on PP one. I just think that's, that's wild. Um, 
I don't think Drew does enough to be worth that draft capital. Um, but I mean, he's still a useful player. It's just not a guy that I I have in any of my leagues. Yeah, same. I mean, he's gelling very well with Debrinket thus far. Yeah. Like, he's eating apples for lunch and dinner. Um, 55 does not feel right, though. Like, you're, if you're going to draft a player with that deployment, it it really isn't him. Like, people really, really bought the narrative super hard for this offseason. And um, I think you're going to be able to trade him in packages, trade for him later in packages to get – to get what you want out of him versus what people had to, to pay to draft him. My sleeper is Jake Sanderson. Um, so I think he's very in a very similar situation to Owen Power where um, he's got Thomas Shabbat ahead of him, just like Power has Rasmus Dahlin in terms of power play time. Um, but he'll probably get power play too. He's also just going to be leaned on uh, on D because Ottawa's D is bad. So uh, I, I just think he's he's in a very similar situation. Maybe not as highly touted as Owen Power, um, but he's he's there. He's he's right there, and he's going to get played a lot. So um, another guy that I think is worth a look, and he's much more available than than Owen Power. He's drafted his ADP in Fantrax is two twenty six, so he was barely even drafted. Um, but I think he's probably going to have a decent year. Um, and I don't know, could be a surprise Calder candidate. I don't know. I, I I'm not That's... not as. I mean, defense. It's hard to win. Uh, it's hard to win the Calder as a defenseman, especially. Uh, I mean, unless you're Mo Sider, and right. unless you're getting PP one time. I was going to say. I mean, Mo Sider got got. He got right, all the right into the fire. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to happen with Sanderson. Like no. Sanderson is the is the future. Um, yeah. I've been putting him on my watch list first thing after draft so I can be the vulture when he's dropped um, and or, you know, just right there at that that baseline for rosters. Um, so definitely going to be a player that I am expecting to take off this season as they um, improve uh, and the results come out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, contingent upside at best right now. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Tampa Bay is going to be great once again. My must draft is Nikita Kucherov, and that's evident in my drafts because I I have him in a couple different leagues. Um, so in the that's couple, I, I drafted him at five, um, which, I mean, when you compare to ADPs, is a bit of a controversial pick. But I, I mean, man, if Kucherov Not when you plays, compare it to production, though, yeah, if you, I mean, especially point per game pace, he's he's had he's had. Uh, He's he's been pacing at a hundred point pace for the last Millennium. three or four years that he's played. Um, so a hundred point, hundred to hundred and twenty. Actually, last year it was it was close. It was over a hundred and twenty. Yeah, it was like hundred and hundred and twenty four. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Like he would have been second in the league if he played all games and stayed at that pace. Obviously, <laughs> we don't know that he would have stayed at that pace the entire year, but. Um, I just think Nikita Kucherov is is an unbelievable player. Um, I just you just got to bank on him staying healthy, which is which is why he slipped a little bit in drafts. I've seen him go at like eighth, seventh, ninth. Um, so, and I think that's a little disrespectful to Kucherov. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the injury risk is real, but I still I, I'm still banking on him this year. I disrespected his his ADP last year in drafts, and I will. Never do that again. 
<laughs> yeah, so. that's fair. That's fair. Um, so my punt here, in terms of, I mean, in terms of the draft, I guess I don't know. This is a this guy is probably the best streamer on their team. But Alex Kalorn, I think, reached his ceiling last year. I don't think he's going to get the same deployment this year unless they have significant injury. Um, they've seemed to wanted to load up line one. Um, at I mean. They've, I mean, they've run with different lines. So w- when they've loaded up line one, it's looked like Stamkos, Kucherov, and Braden Point. Uh, when they've split them up, they've actually put Nemesnikov on line one. So Kalorn's just not getting that that top line deployment. And I don't think he's going to play on power play one either. So um, I just don't see him really pushing past that ceiling, I think or that that career year last year i i think he is he's a he's a 50 point guy um and a solid streamer um to to come in and out of your lineup um and i also think they're pretty high on nick paul and ross colton who also play left wing so i i just uh i just don't see him moving up the lineup when there's injury yeah it seems like everyone not named victor nikita or andre is a possible punt um, for people out there for, for Tampa Bay, like we, we really just don't know what to expect thus far. They've been trying a whole bunch of things because they, they have a concrete production that they're going to get from their top level players. And they're, I think kind of a lot like Toronto are just kind of trying to figure out what the bottom six looks like for them. Um, I've got shares of Paul. I've got shares of Colton. I've got shares of Kalorn. Because I really couldn't call it. Um, could be any of them. I just want to take this moment to say I blame Corey Perry. Whatever <laughs> it is, it's Corey's fault. I've been blaming him since he was here with the Stars. Um, <laughs> my punt is Corey Perry because I hate Corey Perry. <laughs> did you hate him when he was with the Stars? Yes. I feel like he had a good playoff run, actually. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. And you know what else he did? He took uh, inopportune penalties in huge moments. Uh, The entire year, I told one of my best hockey friends here in Dallas, I blame Corey Perry. It's going to be Corey Perry's fault. And then we went on a cup run out of nowhere because of Kiviranta smoking the avalanche. And yeah, at at the end, I was right. It's all all Corey Perry's fault. And I I, (laughs) I punt Corey Perry. Nobody drafting Corey Perry, but I I punt Corey Perry. My sleeper is Mikhail Sergachev. So um, his ADP was 130.84 in fan tracks. Uh, I think he's going to get more ice time this year and more opportunity with uh, Ryan McDonough out the door. So I think he's a great option when the, the power play one quarterbacks are scarce in the draft. Obviously, a lot of people are done drafting now, um, but uh, Sergachev gets peripherals and points. If he's available in any leagues, I'd be jumping on that. Um, he has an injury right now, but it sounds like he's going to be back for week one or for game one. So um, I, I I think Sergeyev's going to have uh, um, may have like I mean a bit of a breakout year or even just just uh, the best year of his career. Um, I, I just think he's he's going to get more opportunity uh, both defensively and offensively. He's absolutely got the talent. Uh, he's got the opportunity. I think I'm a bit more excited about McDonough in, in Nashville than I am what he's leaving behind in Tampa. Um, but that super dry tier of, of defense, he's probably the highest on my list. Yeah, once those PP1 QBs are, are gone, I, th- I think he's he's right at the top. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's talk Ooh. about them for a second. I'll try not to drag on too long because I tend to just get way overexcited about Toronto. But, um, I mean, 
Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, they're all must drafts. Um, that has that, to feel that, good to say. That big four, it, it sure does. It sure does. It's nice to have that big four. Beyond that, I don't know that anyone is really a must draft other than maybe Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley is definitely a must draft, actually. But outside of that, um, I mean, everyone else is, is kind of a bubble guy. But there are some guys with sleeper potential. I don't think anyone is really overdrafted, um, in in my opinion, on the Leafs. Uh, I may be a little bit biased, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. We'll talk, uh, but let's just move into sleepers because I don't think there's really any punts there. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe you disagree. That, that's just my biased opinion. Uh, um, I mean, I'll say this. I never draft Riley. Like, sure. I didn't last year. I didn't this year. And I think he, he might be the least sexy fantasy player out there. I never punted him on purpose. He was always just like, the sixth person in my queue at defense. Like, and there's just, always, there's always a Leafs fan that wants him more. Yeah. Than, than, I just, I, I have never, I've never done it. And I couldn't tell you whether that's a good thing or not. I actually feel the same way about Riley. I value him slightly lower than, uh, than a lot of the guys in that, in that, I would say second tier of defensemen. Cause I think he's right there. Um, I, he's still a great contributor. Like I think he's going to be great on your fantasy team, but there are guys that are drafted around him that I think are probably a little more valuable. Um, so my sleeper, this is a big sleeper, man. This is probably the biggest, biggest potential sleeper. Um, and but I mean, potentially might not really play that much, but might sleep. Uh, yeah, might still I sleep. Mean, right now, uh, it's Dennis Malgin. So if you're asking who is Dennis Malgin, I, I mean, I'm you, asking that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, so Dennis Malgin played in Florida. Uh, for for a while uh low in their lineup the Leafs traded I mean the Leafs traded Mason Marchment for Dennis Mulligan uh which ended up not really working out super well for them uh yet uh Dennis Mulligan played a few games for them and then COVID happened and then he went to the Swiss League um but over he was over a point per game in two seasons in the Swiss League since he left um I believe he led the league in scoring last year um, and he's coming into Toronto, had a fantastic preseason, just looked really, really good out there. Um, he's getting an opportunity on line two with William Nylander, and they frankly look really good together. Um, he may even start in that coveted line two left wing spot when Tavares comes back. Um, we don't know whether or not he'll be back for game one. It sounds like He'll probably miss a little bit of time, but not too much. Um, but it's right now it's Malgin and Robertson battling it out for that last spot once everyone's healthy. Um, but for now, it looks like they may both play on the wing with Nylander. So um, I, uh, man, uh, there is a ton of potential with Malgin. I believe he's zero or 1% rostered right now in Yahoo. So very available. I actually just picked him up in our dynasty league. Um, Cause there's a ton of potential there. And really our dynasty right, league right, is yeah. so, is so deep that uh, it's, I mean, there's almost no one to stream, <laughs> but he uh, he's try eligible in fan tracks as well. He's center left wing, right wing. So tons of value there, especially if he stays on line too. Yeah. I mean, looking at these aggregate stats uh, over the few years in super limited deployment, he's getting power play points, getting PIMS, taking shots, winning yep. face-offs at a, at a decent clip. Like, 
Looks like yeah. a solid play. He's just a guy like a that play. a guy no one knows about. He's also an RFA still at the end of the year because he's only 25 and hasn't played that many NHL games. So this is a this is another one of those diamond in the rough guys that Kyle Dubas um tends to tends to find. And I think he could be one of these Michael Bunting esque yeah. players this year. Yeah, I mean, I have to defer to you here, but but uh, I do think Bunting is getting less love in the ADP than he probably should at, at 144. Uh, yes. I mean, for a first-line player that's playing with just two ridiculous talents, like uh, I think somehow after the Calder run last year, um, geriatric Calder run, uh, I think Bunting is is somehow still a sleeper. He seems to be going way later than, than a first-line player with those two players. And, and uh, they've shown in the preseason that he's their he's their next man up for the power play when yeah. when someone's injured. So um, and we'll probably start there at the start of the year. So that really increases his value. Like yeah. that's that's unreal with him yeah. playing net front. It's really nice for Michael Bunting. I'm just saying, point per game could happen. <clears throat> I mean, you you said it, and uh, and right away there's an opportunity for him on PP one. So I may be eating my words here. <laughs> All right, so that's the Atlantic Division. Uh, let's move on to the Metro. Let's go. Carolina Hurricanes. So for me, Svechnikov and Ajo are their must drafts. But I said on Twitter, they're one of two teams where I have not, I did not draft anyone from their team. Um, so How you part of that. Habs and not draft Canes. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think because the Habs are being undervalued. Uh, and I think the Hurricanes are uh, are being a little overvalued, especially with, uh, uh, I mean, they're they obviously have better personnel, but just the way that Brindamore deploys them is the issue. So Svechnikov right now is playing on line two, power play two. It, so that is that really hurts his value, and he is so disrespected by Rod Brindamore. Like, they man, Svechnikov has so much fantasy potential and just will never reach that with Rod Brindamore as coach. Obviously he's doing the right things because Carolina is great, but I just, man, I, I, I just think Svechnikov could have more value and he just, uh, is, is it's just not gonna, not gonna reach that. So yeah, you're calling it, you're playing your flag and it not happening ever, huh? Well, not 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 happening ever. Not happening in the current situation that he's in with Brendan Moore's coach. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can see that. Yeah, I've been fading Aho and and bumping Svech just, um, just because I want to believe in the breakout year for him. If if there's another echelon in his play, that's going to be so much fun to to roster that and to see it happen week to week. Uh, this is actually the first year that that I have not drafted Ajo in in a, um, a majority of my leagues, um, and I really have only done that based on the availability of centers throughout the draft. Like it, yeah. Ajo is is what you want at a center production, but um, week to week, I'm always struggling to roster the right centers instead of just having two of the best of them. So um, I want to believe in Svech and, and, and I'm going to be hurt again this year, probably. So my punt is Max Pacioretty. So um, I saw him being drafted as a stash in a lot of leagues. I, I, I just that. don't know that he's really that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's tough. That's a tough stash for me. Um, he's 
he's not going to be back until at least February. Um, he ruptured his Achilles and Achilles injuries can be very trying to come back from see Kevin Durant, see Eric Carlson. Obviously Carlson eventually was, was great, but that was a long recovery period for him when, the, when he ruptured his, he's a corpse um, right now though. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, there's just not a lot of runway at the end of the year for Max Pacioretty to, to kind of get back on track. He may be, I'm, I mean, he may be a great pickup for the playoffs. Um, I just, I just don't think that I'm going to, that uh, I just didn't want to use a draft pick on him really. Um, if he's available in leagues around the time he's coming back, I may take a chance on him. Um, Cause he is obviously an unreal fantasy player, but um He's just, it's just, yeah, it's just not an option here. I mean, he's an injury concern in the best of the situations. Best of yeah. Coming back from an Achilles, the Achilles alone would, would make it a, a punt for me. He's not even an option for me. If you want to draft a ruptured Achilles, head south to declare in Florida. So my sleeper is Seth Jarvis. I, there's a few different uh, potential sleepers on this team, but I think Jarvis is number one. Uh, his ADP on Fantrax is 173. Um, he's not as available in leagues. I actually was looking when we were, I was doing prep for the midweek show. Um, I think he's 65% rostered in Yahoo, yeah. so that's a huge jump from last year. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he had a 48-point pace with less than 14 minutes time on ice last year. Uh, he's lining up right now on line one, power play one. So massive opportunity for him. Um, and yeah, I said, I said, here's the worst kept secret in terms of sleepers. Cause it seems like everyone is already on the Seth Jarvis train, but yeah, um, too many of us saw the highlights from last year or it's, it's just too exciting. Right. But yeah. Jarvis is being drafted. Like it already happened. Um, I'm a huge fan of Seth though. The highlights from him are eye popping, but if we can't depend on Sveshnikov to get to get rollout, like how can we even begin to to depend on Jarvis, who completely disappeared for stretches last year? After you know, it was like he was like must add based on on what we had seen in recent memory, and then a must drop directly after that because it wasn't sustained at all. So, um, yeah. I I may have drafted him in a best ball or two, but um, but I I just. I don't know. I think I don't know. I think the difference here is um, the difference here is you don't have to spend much for Seth Jarvis, um, yeah. or you didn't have to spend much for Seth Jarvis. He might you might not be able to to pick him up at this point, um, but in the draft you didn't really have to spend much. Whereas Svechnikov, um, if you want to if you wanted to nab him, you're having to take him in the third fourth round. Yeah, um, and I just don't. I mean, he he may return that value. He gets lots of peripherals. He shoots the puck a ton and hits, but he's just not getting the ice time to justify taking him at that level. Or like, I I mean, he it, it's tough. It's it's tough. I, I I just think Jarvis. There is a path for Jarvis to stay on line one, power play one, which is a great situation for him. And uh, when you compare that to the draft capital that you needed to get him, I feel like he he vastly will exceed that. He's not the talent level for sure. Definitely. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets. So Zach Wierenski is my must draft there. Obviously, they've got Johnny Gaudreau. They got Patrick Laine. Um, but for me, it's Zach Wierenski. I think um, you're probably going to get the most value out of him this year in terms of where he was drafted. Um, I've got I got him as as late as the fifth round in some leagues. I think as the draft season 
went on, people started being like, oh, Wierenski, he might be uh, might be mm-hmm. uh, more interesting uh, more interesting player than I thought. And he started getting drafted a little higher. So was able to nab him late in a couple leagues, but uh, people started wising up to Zach Wierenski. He's going to play on that power play one uh, all year with Gaudreau, Line A, uh, looks like maybe J- uh, Jacob Voracek, who's still still a decent playmaker. Um, I think that's going to be much improved. And and Wierenski is high volume shooter, scores a lot of goals for defense. Like I I would argue, I mean, I think he could potentially be the highest goal scorer, uh, goal scoring defenseman this year. Maybe that's Ooh. a hot take, but I think that's I don't think it's too I don't think it's that spicy to be honest. He's he's uh, he's been uh, he's been a good goal scorer in the past, so. Um, yeah, he's my must draft. Yeah. I mean, uh, I absolutely think that, and I have put that into action across many, many leagues. I, I roster him in, in most of, um, in most of them, I think he's this year's Latang, like huge value for excellent defensive production. I have him in so many leagues. Um, I don't know that I would, I would go as far as saying he's going to be a top, um, production player, but, um, the opportunity is there if, if that power play goes like we all think it should go based on just the talent level. If they if they actually play up to that ceiling, he's going to be right there. Yeah. Uh, my punt is Jack Roslovic. So this is a guy that in a lot of conversations when we were talking about when, or when people were talking about who's going to be the center, who's going to center Gaudreau and Line A. Um, Roslovic was in the conversation a lot of the time and I just don't I just don't believe in Jack Roslovic I just don't think he is that type he's uh he's a good enough player to put in between there I think I Cole Sillinger and Boone Jenner are the obvious choices um to to try between those two um I just don't I don't like Jack Roslovic uh I don't think he's gonna I, I mean he's never really produced he's shown flashes of brilliance but like uh, in between, he's just he does nothing. So I'm not not a Jack Rossovic guy, obviously. So uh, if you drafted him, I mean, no Sorry. judgment, but no, um, maybe that's maybe that's a nice streamer spot to open up. <laughs> I'm judging you if you drafted drafted Jack Rossovic. Um, yeah, I don't. We we all wanted to believe early in the off season that it was going to be um, Tillinger that that took that top line center, and it might be months from now i think it's probably going to take an injury to boone jenner for that to happen which is as we've seen more likely than not for at least a stretch out of the season so um hard punt on roslovic yeah so our sleeper i we both agree on this is boone jenner because he's he is clearly getting the first shot at the top line um does a ton of peripherally had a fantastic year last year highest point pace of his career um, and now he's playing with the two best players on the team who are mm-hmm. who are just killers. So um and and he's got a spot on PP1 currently. So man, uh I'm very that, excited yeah. about that. Yeah, very excited about Boone Jenner. Um he may not stay there all year. He he has had injury issues before. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's a great guy. Um Available in some leagues, not as well of it, as much available as he's been in the past. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was you, Boone. It was always you. Um, <laughs> can he carry the load all season? Remains to be seen. But there are going to be a, a ton of Pavelski points at that net front to his season tied to, to two shot machines. So, yeah. 
New Jersey Devils. So uh, much improved team, in my opinion, at least offensively. Um, I think they've shored up basically every position, not necessarily to to a level where I think they're going to be like a playoff team, but I think they'll probably push. They're going to play me- more meaningful games this year. Um, and the must draft is obviously Jack Hughes. Um, depending on the league you're in, I've seen him dr- drafted as early as the second, third round. And I've seen him drafted as late as the the sixth, seventh round. Yeah. So it's it's uh, I mean, if you if you picked him up anywhere beyond round three, that's going to be great value, I think, uh, especially in points leagues. Obviously, he doesn't do a lot peripherally, but shoots the puck really a lot, and he's going to be a great point getter this year. Um, and uh, obviously, we'll play on the power play on an, an improved power play. So um, I I'm. I'm a big fan of Jack Hughes, um, even though we we talked about him being a high-risk pick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't super stoked about picking him in round three, um, but anything beyond that I think is going to be pretty good value. I'm not bullish that he makes it through 82. I uh, I understand why that range is so wide, right? Some people are are completely settled on the upside, and some people you know, are going to have to see it, and, and I fall at the back of that. Like um, I saw him go as late as 82nd. Um, and that was like, right where I was, I was like, yeah, this is a, a must do for me. So, um, I just think the stature and the grind that they're going to put on him is probably going to wear, wear into him quite a bit. Um, especially to be so young and to be their franchise star and, and for them to be taking as many losses as they're going to, it's probably going to wear him down a bit. Yeah. I, my, so my punt here. For the Devils is, uh, I mean, I don't think they really have many punts. I, I think everyone was drafted pretty reasonably or lower than they probably should have. Um, I think maybe Damon Severson, um, he's he was drafted in most leagues, but he still he still brings value even if he's not on PP one, which I don't. It doesn't look like he's going to play PP one. They're going to give it back to Dougie Hamilton uh, to start the year at, at the very least. Um, so. Uh, I guess Severson, but I, I, I'm not really confident about punting anyone on this team, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Severson is another much must watch player early. Like Dougie is paid, but Damon has played and played well. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do um, with Severson. He was talked about as uh, um, as trade bait towards the end of the year last year. Um yeah, I don't. I think you probably punt Severson because the upside of, of Dougie is so high if things work out. My sleeper, I mean, there's there's a number of sleepers, uh, potential sleepers on this team. A lot of young talent, um, but I mean, Jesper Bratt in in uh, Fantrax leagues uh, at least his ADP was one fifty five point five five, which is that's really low for Jesper Bratt. So if you got him there, uh, that's really good value. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's going to play in the top six, top power play. Um, another guy that I'm somewhat interested in, uh, especially since he's he's playing in the top six in the preseason. Well, I mean, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to make the team or play in the top six. Uh, but Alexander Holtz, uh, the rookie, I think um, he's been on Jack Hughes's right wing with Andre Palat, and uh, I like. Uh, I like the way that he's looked. He's a, he's an going to be an offensive juggernaut at some point in his, in his career. He's got a ridiculous shot. Yeah, he's a ripper. Um, he's he's definitely a ripper. Um, I have him in a dynasty league, I believe. Um, and I, I I'm a big fan of Alexander Holtz and his potential. Um, 
I'm not, it remains to be seen whether or not that's going to flourish, but he is not rostered a lot. So um, a guy to put on your watch list too. I think Pilat has been a sleeper for me. He seems to be virtually ignored in drafts and talented enough to move on from, from Tampa and thrive. He's in the best situation that you're not going to have to pay for. Um, he is going to be right there next to Jack Hughes. So if you believe in Hughes and, and don't want to pay for it, Pilat is your option. Yeah, he's in a very similar situation to to last year in Tampa Bay, where he's getting really great deployment. So, so hopefully uh, that will, uh, I mean, hopefully he'll be able to perform there. Um, the New York Islanders. So, <clears throat> not a huge fan of the fantasy options on this team. I think Noah Dobson is probably the ultimate fantasy pick. I, I don't think there's a lot of real fantasy relevant players uh, playing on the Islanders, but. Um, I mean, a lot of guys you can get off the waiver wire for streams, but Noah Dobson, I think is, is probably going to have a good year. I know Nate said that one of his hot takes is that he's going to be a bust. Um, I'm not super confident about that, but, um, I still think Noah Dobson's worth rostering. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think? I think the Barzal value is incredible if, if he is, um, like prototypical Barzal and not yeah. like what happened to Barzal Barzal. But if he's, um, you know, that's if he's not on line two for whatever reason, like none of this team makes sense to me, like should be Dobson, but we're not expecting that much. It should be Barzal and they just paid him, but they're not going to put him out there in the, the optimum position. I, I really don't understand what's going on with the Islanders at all, especially for fantasy. Yeah, I don't know either. It's, it's a weird team. They got a new coach. Um it looks like he's a little higher on Kyle Palmieri, uh, which I don't know. We'll we'll see. Okay. Uh, he's playing with Barzal right now, uh, and he never really got any deployment last year. So, uh, I mean, he's done it in the past. So we'll see. Uh, his, uh, so my punt is basically anyone not on PP1. So right now, PP1 is shaping up like Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, Noah Dobson, Matt Barzal, which uh, honestly, like based on the crop of players there, that's probably – that's probably an ideal scenario for them. Yeah. Those five. Um, so basically anyone not, not on PP one, I would not be rostering right now. Um, and then my sleeper, I mean, is <laughs> uh, like Brock Nelson, honors Lee, Kyle Palmieri, I guess like guys that are, that are on PP one that are completely available uh, in most leagues. Um, they're drafted in the two hundreds and sometimes even lower. So, um, they're, they're guys that you're maybe going to be able to pick up, um, for a stream when the Islanders have a good schedule this week, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't really. So, uh, I wouldn't jump out and, and grab one yet, but, uh, definitely guys to, to keep an eye on. Lee, uh, always stands out to me as the value play with the Islanders. Um, yeah. I don't want to draft any of them. Um, but when I'm uh, looking over those um, like waiver wire additions, those players to watch for for the early season, Andersley always stands out to me as a, a player that's going to get you production with with zero things spent on it. So let's move on to the New York Rangers. Um, so there are this team's very top heavy <laughs> in terms of fantasy options. A lot of guys in the first three to four rounds um, and then not really a whole lot after that. So uh, I mean, my must drafts are Mika Zibanejad. I feel like he fell a little bit in, in drafts this year. 
uh, was a little bit disrespected. How quickly um, people forget. Yeah. I, I mean, and even last year he was a point per game with, and there's potential for there to be, for that to be higher. Um, Artemi Panarin also dropped quite a bit, mostly because he doesn't do anything peripherally, but he's going to be an assist monster as usual. Um, and then uh, Adam Fox also, um, I think he's going to be a good, I mean, you're really high on Adam. I, I like, I like him as a must draft as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Fox is the move for me. Um, I do expect to bounce back from, from Zib though. Um, that like we were talking about earlier with, with Vort between a really quality center and a really quality defenseman, I'm going with the defenseman just based on center availability. Um, but, uh, Mika is an excellent player that has every reason to come back and be, uh, the electric player from, from a few years ago that, um, you know, was on everyone's best value plays, you know, stalwart on winning teams on championship teams um panarin is is no longer sexy i feel like there's a lot of uh comparison between him and and kaprizov and kaprizov goes in the first round and panarin goes in the you know late second so it's must draft his fox yeah i feel that i like sabanajad too Although he he is just he is only center eligible, so I, I think that's probably part of the reason why he he fell a little bit. But uh, he's in that weird tier with uh, Sebastian Aho, where there's uh, there's really nice defensemen and nice wingers available. So I tend to not to not draft uh, Aho and Zibanejad out of that spot. Um, my punt is Alexi Lafreniere. So um, again, I hate his face. Again, he's yeah. You do hate his face, and you you you're not quiet about it. That's for I'm sure. I'm not. He's a stupid <laughs> face. He so right now he's lining up on line three again, um, not getting deployment opportunity, and frankly, don't I don't really know that he deserves it. He he hasn't really done a lot underlying. I know Nate's talked about this a lot. Uh, a lot of a lot of pundits out there are like, I mean, surely he's gonna figure it out at some point, right? He's got so much. Uh, so much talent, but so far, even his underlying numbers are just not good. So, I, I mean, until he really steps up his game and starts generating more on his own, I, I just don't, I don't see there being a breakout there. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I just, I don't believe it yet. I am surely going to regret this, but uh, Lafreniere looks like a better player now. Um, than the countless times that I have trashed him in his face. Uh, with that said, I mean that to say that he looks to be really improving as a literal NHL player. I don't expect him to be a better fantasy player to tie along with that. It seems like he is rounding into the player that he is on that team and not the first overall pick expectations that we have all had for him. Like, mm -hmm you're you're just not going to get that from from him unless he just suddenly becomes a different player and as we know that doesn't really happen one way or the other like players are who they are for the most part um he looks like a much better actual hockey player he's playing super physical um but i don't want any part of it for fantasy yeah definitely not yet uh and my sleeper is vinny trocek so trocek went on average, uh, in fan tracks at 125.17. Um, I think, man, this guy, 
there's huge potential here. I know that uh, that's around where he was drafted last year. Um, and people were a little disappointed with how he produced offensively, uh, only at 50 points. Um, but he still bangs. He still still gets hits. He's a peripherals guy. He's going to play on PP1, and he's going to play with Artemi Panarin. So that's that's the best situation that he's ever had um, in terms of deployment. So I I mean, there's huge potential here, and I think that that he he could outperform that ADP. He's a guy that I picked with my last pick of the draft in a ten team league. Oh. Um, that was, I mean, it's a 10, 10 team league, uh, so it, it's not as deep. Even still, that is that huge was, value. Yeah, that is massive value. Um, so I will, uh, I'm, I'm very high on Trocheck for sure. Yeah, I mean, my, my notes literally mirror what you just said. Every year undervalued, and now in the best situation of his career, one twenty five works for me. If yep. you, if you took him earlier, people are still going to tell you good pick. Absolutely. All right. It's another shitty team. The Philadelphia Flyers, not a lot of fantasy options here. I would say Travis Konechny is probably the closest to a must pick, but I'm not sure that there are any on this team. Uh, Tony D'Angelo has the highest ADP at 120.26 on this team. I think that's crazy. Um, Travis Konechny is 189.49 in fan tracks. So um, I think he may provide a little bit of value, but man, there's just, this team is just not good at all and they're not going to score much. Um, yeah. Well, what do you think, man? I really want to take Tony D every draft and don't because he goes way too high. Like I, I feel like his personal talent level offensively is, is enough to be rosterable. Um, I wonder if he's got the, the spite fuel in him this year. I also wonder if, you know, him as a fiery personality that seems to be kind of volatile if he and Torts just butt heads yeah. just just so much that he never sees the ice or has a meltdown on social media. Like, I think anything is possible for Tony D. And, and um, I want it to be like the best possible thing, but it's, I think it's way more likely that that he has an awful season, that it wears on him emotionally and that he – you know, berates some fan outside of the arena one night and gets suspended. Like, I think that's way more likely. Yeah, I mean, not to mention, uh, he gets most of his points on the power play and their power play is going to be terrible. True, right? Like, there's just no no offense on that team. Um, so my punt is either, I mean, honestly, my punt might be Tony D, to be honest. Like, based on that ADP, um, I'm just not excited about him. I didn't draft him anywhere. Uh, another punt could be Ivan Provorov. He lost, uh, he lost PP1 to, to Tony D, and I don't think he's going to get much power play opportunity. Um, does a little bit peripherally, so I don't know. Um, I, I have him in a dynasty league, and that's really the only scenario that I would roster Provorov because um, hopefully he he gets moved somewhere where he he can uh, he can flourish a little bit better than Philly. But I bet he feels the same way. Yeah, I would I would think so. Um, do you have any punts? I feel like there's there might be. A yeah, I mean there. the the short answer is that the Flyers are the the Habs of the Metro. You know, like just like I was talking about with Jake Allen being my punt, Hart is my punt. Find a better team for your volume starter streams. Yeah. Uh, my sleeper. Um, I mean, 
there i mean yeah i don't know i don't know that there's many sleepers here there i i guess that they, they do have some young talent i think the biggest sleeper probably is cam atkinson which is he a sleeper really like he's been around for a long time but his fan tracks adp was 210.61 he's very available in a lot of leagues shoots more than anyone else on the team outside of maybe travis connect like we mentioned before um he's succeeded with john tortorella in the past and i think there's a mutual trust there um so i expect him to be played a lot he's one that of the players that He's one of the players that has um, spoken about torts positively. So um, <laughs> so I think uh, that could be a good situation for Atkinson. I think he'll get a lot of uh, I think he'll get a lot of playing time. And even though they're a shitty team, he's still a good offensive player. So um, maybe a bit of a sleeper there and a nice guy to stream. I think that's uh, a far better option than what I had in mind. I think Konechny qualifies as a sleeper in this case, but it's probably yep. not going to happen. Tony D, if we're all wrong about his tort-led production, but it's probably not going to happen. I think the most most likely uh, useful player is probably Cam Atkinson, and that that tie to torts hadn't occurred to me, so that's that's definitely a bonus. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Lots of nice fantasy options here. Um I think Crosby, Getzel, and Latang are the the top fantasy options. All guys that could e- even outperform their high ADPs or at least match them. Um, yeah, I, I I like any of those three. What do you think? I uh, emotionally hate the pens, um, but I really love me some pens in in fantasy this year. Um, Latang was a, a huge target for me in every draft. I never drafted Crosby, but, um, you know, that's just based on, on value above replacement at positions. Um, Gensel is, is another, um, second round, third round pick where you're getting huge value and you feel excellent and very smart about, about drafting those players. Um, I don't think there's really any downside for their names. Like all, all of those players are players that you can virtually depend on, um, unless there's injuries and that's just, yeah. that's just, you know, just par for the course with the pens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, I think Malkin also is being a little undervalued. Um, yeah. Going, he's been going, him too. he's been going in like the eighth, ninth, 10th round a lot of the time. So, so that's, uh, that's really good value for Malkin, especially if he stays healthy. Um, and uh, in terms of punts, I don't think anyone was really being overdrafted. I don't, I, I don't really feel like there are many punts on this team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't either. And I, I feel like a lot of um, people out there are punting rust. Like, it seems like nobody yeah. wants to pick him. Um, and I don't really understand that. But yeah, for me, yeah, there's, I know no, he's... there's not a pun. I'm I'm happy to draft pens across the board, especially yep. with the playoff schedule. Totally. And uh, so that kind of leads us to the sleeper, um, who I think is unequivocally Ricard Raquel. Uh, his, his Fantrax ADP is 174 and he's still very available, but he's lining up with Crosby and Gensel 5v5, uh, which is a, just an amazing spot to, to, to sit. He had his best seasons um, as a duck when he played with Getzlaff and Perry when they were still good. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, you're not really a big ducks guy, but uh, I mean, they were, they were juggernauts for, for multiple years and Ricard Raquel re- reaped the benefits of that. So this is, I think is a similar situation for him. So I, I would imagine he would flourish. And I also think he is the natural next man up. If there's an injury on PP one, which typically there, there is for, yeah. for, for the penguins, uh, uh, one way or another. So, um, 
I think uh, Ricard Raquel is is going to be a great value player. Money depth, dual eligible with the best line mates of his career, and and we just spoke on some excellent line mates for him in in, the, uh, in Anaheim. Huge contingent upside, um, and you're absolutely right. Like if you were to bank on there being uh, a top level injury, you're going to go with pens, right? It's yep. It's it's a virtual lock. So to be to be first in line for that is excellent. Like you're you're a very happy person if you're if you're rostering Raquel all year long. Yep. Uh, so last team finally, this is the last team of our previews, the Washington Capitals. Woo! Um, so my two must drafts are Ovechkin and Carlson, John Carlson. Uh, I think John Carlson gets a little bit disrespected. I think he's one of the best fantasy defensemen in the league. Outside of that top tier of Hedman, Yossi, and Makar, he might be the next best guy. Um, and I think he's a guy that uh, I think I got him in the fourth round in one of my leagues. Uh, a guy that being drafted in the third, I think he's a guy that's typically undervalued. Um, so he's a really great player. Uh, Ovechkin just keeps on f- fucking rolling, man. Like he's, he's, uh, he just, he does everything. Yeah, he does. He's like, I, I don't know. He, he never ages. So, um, could it be one of the highest, uh, volume shooters in the league? Gets hits, more hits than anyone else in that top tier of forwards, um, outside of maybe Brady Kachuk, but, uh, he's going to score more. Uh, Ovechkin's going to score more goals and points. So, I, I, yeah, I, I love Ovechkin, um, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. He's a must draft. Carlson is is the, uh, is so the chooser my yeah. In terms of value, I think I think he he re, he returns the most for his draft capital. Uh, my punt is probably Anthony Mantha. Uh, he's getting picked around the same area as Dylan Strom and Connor Brown, and right now. His deployment is line two, power play two, which out of the three is the worst. Um, Connor Brown right now is line one, power play two. Uh, and Dylan Strom is line two, power play one. Um, so I don't know if that's going to stick. Um, but for now, that's what it that's what it looks like it, it they may start with. So um, I, out of those three, I think Mantha, I would probably punt that. Yeah, Mantha seems like the the punt for me. We we talked about this um, in the sleeper pod where if if you're getting one line one power play one player from them at right wing, it's gonna be it's gonna be excellent. We just don't know who it is, right? We're gonna have to to find out throughout the first part of the season. It's wild that they're all getting the same amount of burn in the draft. Kind of feels like that uh, Colton Paul Kalorn level, right? Where it was just like, whoever it is, is going to be an excellent fantasy asset for you, but we don't know who it is. I yeah. see Kuzi getting, We're just not sure. Yeah. I see Kuzi getting drafted high in the Yahoo ADP and X rank. And I just don't understand it. Like for a variety of pretty obvious reasons, um, he is easily the punt for me. I don't, I just don't understand why he's getting drafted uh, really in general. Uh, on top of where he's getting drafted. Like the only reason I would do it is like face-off wins and to be tied to Ovechkin. So. Yeah. And well, power play one time, he had a great year last year in terms of points, um, but just not a high volume shooter. Doesn't do anything peripherally. So um, he's a guy that I think if he fell to the hundreds um, and I I was fading centers, then a guy that I would be interested in, but not a guy that I drafted at all this year. Um, and then my sleeper, I mean, I don't know. 
I'm not super confident about this, but Dylan Strom is lining up on power play one in practice, which will be money for him if he sticks. I'm not really excited about what he generates himself uh, without the right deployment, but if he gets this deployment, uh, it's kind of interesting. I still think, I don't think he's a guy that you hold, uh, but I think he's a guy that, that uh, could be a nice streamer when Washington has a nice schedule. I mean, it, it worked um, out well for him yeah. being tied to, to elite talent in, in Chicago. Um, yeah. Of the options, my assumption is that it's Connor Brown, but I think it's going to be a crapshoot. Yeah, Connor Brown, Connor Brown, I think, is going to start 5v5 with Ovechkin and, and, uh, um, and Kuznetsov, but um, it looks like he's not going to slot in on the top power play. Um, maybe he will at some point, um, and in that case, uh, definitely Connor Brown, um, but I think uh, Dylan Strom, as long as he as long as he's on power play one, that's that's my sleeper. Um, and that's all we got for today. So uh, check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. Shoutouts to the band there there for providing our music. Their Spotify link is in the episode description. Give us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Binksy is at Binklemania. Nate is at Apples Genos, and I'm at Just Joshin Four One. Please practice safe stats and happy streaming i guess we're streaming now not drafting anymore and have a good one folks see you next time